Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast. This time looking at Mid-South Wrestling Television from December 25th, 1982, taped on December 8th, 1982 at the Irish McNeil Boys Club in Shreveport, Louisiana, hosted by Boyd Pierce and a special guest commentator, Cowboy Bill Watts. I'm the great Ryan Last. It's my pleasure to be with you once again. And joining me like he does each and every week to review this episode of Mid-South Wrestling, you know him, you love him, your friend and mine, Mike Mills. Mike, how are you today? I'm good, man. This is, um, it's funny because this is the close of, I guess, the first full year. Essentially, it's the close of the first full year of Mid-South Wrestling that, um, that, that, that we've done. So this has been a, a glorious year, I want to say, and... Uh, there's been a lot of fun stuff. We've seen a lot of change throughout 1982, and we're closing. We're basically closing 1982 out this week. And I guess that's uh, guess that's my only thought. You know, it's been a fun year and a fun ride in 1982, uh, as we've watched Hank and we've watched so many other great angles with you know DiBiase turning heel and the dog being banished and Stagger Lee taking his place. Good stuff happening throughout 1982, though. Well, you may remember, Mike, we were doing the show. 1981 ended. It was kind of dry. It just kind of ended. Yeah. And then here's the year in review. 1982 ends with a hot angle and a big match. And we're going to get to that later in the show. But why don't we start now by listening to the show open. Boyd Pierce and Cowboy Bill Watts telling us what's in store for us this week. I'm Boyd Pierce, your host. And talk about a card, one of the greatest cards ever. All the top stars are here. Mr. Olympia will be in action. Chavo Guerrero takes on the New York State foot stomp in Hacksaw Duggan. Handicap match. Mr. USA, Tony Atlas takes on not one, but two big men in a handicap bout. Kamala, the Ugandan warrior, ready for action, but it'll all be headlined by Mid-South Tag Team Championship match. A sanctioned match here on television. One fall, no disqualification, and a loser of that fall must leave the Mid-South area. It'll be Mr. Rassing 2 and Stagger Lee as they go against the champions of Mid-South, Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne. To tell you all about it, our guest commentator, Bill Watts. Well, Boyd, I think the key word that became the key word on the 27th of October is no disqualification. Charlie Lay has said in a no disqualification match, whatever goes down, that's what the decision will be. And here we have Stagger Lee, who DiBiase claims is the junkyard dog. And DiBiase and Dugan and Matt Bourne were the rat pack that put together junkyard dog having to leave Mid-South for 90 days. Now that time is running out, but since then Stagger Lee has come on the scene and won the North American title. And then Stagger Lee and Mr. Wrestling 2 won a non-title bout. So here we have the showdown with Stagger Lee and Mr. Wrestling 2 on the one team against DiBiase and Matt Bourne on the other team. One fall, no disqualification, loser of the fall, leave town. A lot of exciting action. Let's go to the ring now and race her bout. Well, just like we said, Mike, a big episode. This big tag team match, no DQ, loser of the fall, leaves town. Tag team champions, Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne versus Stagger Lee and Mr. Wrestling 2. This is the main topic of conversation here. This is really as big a main event match as you can get on Mid-South TV. Yeah, and like you said last week, it's basically, um, I, I don't want to call it a repeat of what we saw with the match with the dog when dog went, you know, was sent home packing, but uh, it's basically the the same stipulation for the most part. Um, one of the participants is not the same or, or you know, but uh, it, 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 
same thing. I mean, we got the we got the same match about to happen. So a lot's happened. I mean, you think about that. You know, you you're gonna again te- somebody is gonna have to leave for 90 days. And the question now is, wow, who leaves now? So I I used to, you know, I don't know about you, but I used to love just in general the loser leaves town angles. Like and I, I'm sure they overdid it back then, but when it was the first thing you saw, and what I mean by that is when you're young and it's one of the first angles you saw, the loser leave town angle was always something that, oh, it's serious now because somebody's going to have to leave. You know, speaking of guys leaving very quietly, and we should mention it here, Buck Robley has left the territory within the last several weeks, and we never mentioned it. That's true. And you know what's funny? Guys like that would happen all the time back then. People would just disappear, and then you'd be not seeing them, and it'd be like, well, where did such and such go? You realize it like four to four to six weeks later a lot of time when you know, we haven't seen them on TV for you know a month, month and a half. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Buck Robley's left. The grappler's not here. A few guys have left. A few guys are coming in. It's a real end of the year. It's a real change in Mid-South Wrestling here. But with that, let's go to our first match, Mike. Mr. Olympia versus Tug Taylor with Alfred Neely as the referee. Let's get a little bit of audio from this match. Bill Watts talking about the recent title loss. Mr. Olympia losing the Mississippi State Championship to Mr. Wrestling 2. Two baby faces in there together. Let's hear what the Cowboy has to say about it. Mr. Olympia, the former Mississippi champion, he lost that title the 27th of November in Jackson to Mr. Wrestling 2. And, of course, I would say that that's one man that you don't have to apologize for losing to, that you can look at him in the eye and fair and square and say, you beat me, you beat me fair and square, you beat me, and I'm, I, I'd, I'd like to wrestle you again, but I don't make any excuses for the loss. And I'm sure Mr. Olympia is that type of guy. Simple, but to the point. You know, Bill Watts explaining these two guys are both good guys. Not I me mean, not saying that, but these two guys are both good guys. The better man won. I'm sure Mr. Olympia will say, If I was going to lose, this is the guy I would lose to and the method I would lose, and I hope I get a rematch. Simple, but to the point. Yeah, Yeah, you know, and Brian, it's that old thing, man. Sometimes sometimes less is more, and we talk about that in not only matches, but on commentary as well. It's very simple what he said, and sometimes less is more. And Bill Watts didn't say a whole lot right there. Talked for a few seconds and got the point across, and that was it. Uh, I want to say something as um, as we talk, if, if we're going to say anything about this match, but the crowd is just quiet throughout this. I mean, oh, I yeah. think they're anticip- they are very much anticipating what's coming later in the show. And I, I wanted to point that out as we talk about this match that Olympia does end up pointing. Well, you know, another thing, too, I mean, we've talked about Hank sitting on the other side of the ring and the kid in the yellow shirts there in a coat. But there's a lot of new faces, especially like down front in the first few rows. There's a lot of fans and a lot of faces we're not used to seeing. And I wonder if that has anything to do with the subdued crowd reaction. Uh, that that could. That that that's probably got a little bit to do with it. I, although I I still I'll I'll still contend that um it's the fact that we got a major major angle going to play out later in the episode and and that's probably what's going on too. Well, one of the major angles happening right now is of course the stalking of Mr. Wrestling 2. During this match, Mr. Olympia versus Tug Taylor, Bill Watts has a few thoughts on that. Let's hear this right now. Of course, also, we have a problem with the mask situation and the defilement 
or defacing of Wrestling 2's property or simulated property, a psychological warfare. Somebody is poking at Wrestling 2. Somebody's trying to put a burr under his saddle. And as Leroy McGurk, that great wrestler and great promoter, once said, it'll all come out in the wash. If you just give it enough time, they have to reveal themselves. Sleeper by Mr. Olympia. That's a legal blood strangle. The forearm bone cuts the blood off through the carotid arteries to the brain. The man goes unconscious. And Tug Taylor just went to sleep. Mr. Olympia, the victor. We'll be back. Chavo Guerrero versus Hacksaw Dugan after this message from Mid-South Wrestling. Well, there you hear it, Mike. Mr. Olympia wins with his legal blood strangle. It's the first time I've ever heard he called that a sleeper hold. A legal blood strangle. And a Leroy McGurk quote there about how it'll all come out in the wash. Any thoughts or notes about the match or anything Bill Watts had to say here about Mr. Wrestling 2? You know, I was just thinking about this as I re-listened to it. Sometimes you, you don't notice this the first time around, but uh, when you're taking notes for a show. But Watts sounds, is re- Watts sounds real subdued. Um, maybe it's just me, but as he called that finisher, sleeper, puts him to sleep, turns the blood off, and Mr. Mr. Olympia, I'm sorry, um, Mr. Olympia wins. It, it, he was, Watts was even subdued right there. So, no, I don't have anything from it. Olympia wins. Good for him. Good for him. Our next match, we get Hacksaw Duggan, the Louisiana State Champion, in a non-title match against Chavo Guerrero with Rick Ferreira as the referee. Once again, on commentary here, Bill Watts talks about Chavo's size and about how Mexican boxers may be small, but they know how to pack a great punch. So against a bigger guy like Duggan, he's really trying to once again get over that Chavo's small, but Chavo is capable. And let's play a little bit of audio here of the finish of this match, a finish which sees Jim Duggan come up pretty bloody once again on Mid-South TV. Off balance, keep the goading him uh, like a bull in an arena to keep him really mad. And now he uncorks an uppercut and he brings Hacksaw Dugan to his knees. Chavo Guerrero out there walking tall. The Rat Pack may not be so close. I think they like Dugan had overestimated this situation. Dugan going for the spear. Chavo got out of the way of Dugan. Ran his head into that steel turnbuckle. And Chavo, sunset flip. One, two, three. Chavo David just flew Goliath right here on TV. Chavo's happy and the fans are happy. Oh, man, Boyd Pierce. I don't think the Rat Pack was prepared for this. Or else DiBiase and Bourne would have been out there close to try to help Dugan. And Chavo and Dugan's head is split wide open from hitting that steel turnbuckle. Really man, look at him. His head is split wide open. He hit that steel turnbuckle, and Chavo jumped up out of the way, and it scattered his brains for a minute, and Chavo got the three. And we'll be back right after this important message from Mid-South Wrestling. Well, Mike, one thing that did was that woke up the crowd. You heard a big pop there for the finish. A really clever finish and really well done. Yeah, I want to point out the this is a this was a non-title match, so the the belt doesn't change hands. The crowd was quiet during most of this match. Uh, I, I you know we talked about last week, and you heard Watts this week talk about how you know Chavo is a smaller guy when he is in there with Doug, with Duggan. You can you can see how short he is, and and not it's not that he's that short. It's just that Duggan is obviously a bigger man in stature than than Chavo is, and uh, so you can see the size difference more this week than we could see it last week when Chavo was wrestling Marty Lundy. The finish, 
God, I loved it. I mean, Duggan goes in like he's going to spear him, but Chavo, you know, gets out of the way and Duggan ends up nailing his head, supposedly, on the ring post. And then Chavo just kind of sunset flips over him and, and gets the pin. And Chavo wins the match. And I think the crowd was they were I think they were a little stunned. I mean, they cheered when I say stunned. They were they cheered. But. I'm sure they didn't see that coming at all. Uh, Chavo winning and beating Duggan, even if it was non-title, I'm sure they didn't see that. So good stuff though, man. That was a really enjoyable little finish there at the end. The other cool thing is Duggan goes and hits the spear. Chavo jumps up onto the top rope. So Duggan hits the post. Duggan's then bent over. He has a second before Chavo comes off the rope that he had jumped on and gets him in a sunset flip. It's in that second that he blades himself. So it's yeah. a re- it's real quick that he does it, and it's a great job because it almost looks like a hard way because there's a little bit under his eye, a little bit above his eye. It looks really cool, but he did it in like just an instant, that quick. Pretty impressive. I was trying to see when he hit it because if you watch him, when he hits the post, he doesn't go to his head at that point. I think he went to his head on the pin. Oh, I thought he was going to it when Chava was going for the roll-up. It's hard to tell because the the camera is behind them. You know, we got the, we got the hard camera look. So I was trying to see if if when he hit the post, if he hit his head. But I don't know if he did because he's 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 literally when he hits his head, he's then holding on to the to the second rope. So I don't I don't know if he did it then real quick or if he did it right at the pin. It's really hard to tell. Which that makes our point of how great it was that he, that we can't really tell when he when he got his juice but he comes up bloody and he's looking stunned he's like what the hell just happened as only duggan can look and he's angry and bloody and it's 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 a it's a nice little scene i mean it's not a crimson mask but you see the blood trickling down his head and it's like what the hell just happened and and duggan's mad he wants another piece of job he's like get that idiot in here now i just went back and watched it again i think he does it after he hits the post He kind of takes his head out, but he's still bent over. He has his right hand on one rope, and I think with the left hand, he cuts himself. Very good. Very slight of hand. If if that's when he hit it, that's phenomenal that he did it that quick. Well, coming out of that match, Mike, we get a recap of what happened last week with Hacksaw Duggan and Tony Atlas, and that sets up a handicap match this week. Someone in Mid-South Wrestling really hates John and Rick Davidson. John and Rick Davidson versus... Tony Atlas with Alfred Neely as the referee. Mike, any thoughts or notes about this match? Uh, not really. Tony Atlas presses one of the Davidsons above his head and then splashes him and gets the one, two, three. But I don't have anything to note other than that. Well, let's hear a little bit of audio, Mike, about what Bill Watts thinks about what happened last week with Tony Atlas and the Rat Pack, as well as the upcoming Kamala match on this episode. Like I say, Tony Atlas, I've, I've still... Uh... Reminiscing over last week, Hacksaw uh, Dugan and whatever he put on his head and born calling timeout, DiBiase, I mean the whole mess. They took the measure of this young man, but I'll guarantee he's not bowed and he's not out. He's, he's still here and he's ready to fight. And he said there's a lot of fight. And he said he had to fight for everything he's ever had in life, that nothing's been given to him, nothing's been easy. And that if he was a quitter, he'd have quit a long time ago and he wouldn't be in this sport. Now he's against two men, Rick and John Davidson. Coming up next, Tony Torres against Kamala, the Ugandan warrior, and another man that Skandar Akbar has paid a large bonus to to wear a mask. 
saying it excites Kamala and that Kamala knows that if he beats the man, he gets to take the mask and add it to the string of masks already on his spear like a coup stick or a trophy stick. And that he is diabolical in the way. Oh, look at Atlas. Two of them. Two of them, and I don't think their arms, all their arms together makes one of his. Well, there you hear a little bit of the audio. Of course, Bill Watts talking about various things, and Tony Atlas just destroying the Davidson brothers here. And I guess we should just say the finish. He pins one of them after a press slam and a splash. And I don't have any other notes about this match, but obviously Bill Watts building up the next match, which is Kamala versus Tony Torres, Mike. Yeah, Bill Watts building up the next match. And like like I had mentioned, he um, Atlas presses one of the Davidson brothers. I, I don't know which one it is. I mean, they, they very much, they're dressed alike. They look similar, the beards, the hair and all that. Um, but other than that, I mean, hey, Tony Atlas looks strong. I mean, he just beat two guys, so... It was fine for what it, what it needed to be, but nothing else really to report. The next match is the aforementioned Kamala versus Tony Torres or Rick Ferreira as the referee. Kamala, escorted by General Skandar Akbar and Friday, Tony Torres masked because that's what Akbar has paid him to do because Kamala is going after masked guys. We're going to play some audio here. Usually these Kamala matches are pretty quick, and this is no difference, but there's a lot of action happening around this match. So let's hear this right now. Boy, Pierce, uh, what gets me is you see the two masks on Kamala's trophy stick, the symbolic spear with the wooden head. He wouldn't be allowed with a steel hunting spear in here. But I was looking at Tony Torres before Kamala came in, and that's a very unique mask. Only one person has ever worn a mask like that, and it has a yellow streak around it. That's a mask identical to Wrestling 2's masks. And it looks like one of the masks that was defaced. It's got a big yellow streak down the middle. Could Akbar? It's certainly not beneath him to pull just such scheming. Could Akbar be the one that has been delivering? Is there something in the past between Wrestling 2 and Skandar Akbar? Because now you see that he's been having Kamala be rewarded by taking men's masks, by beating them and then taking their masks off. There we go. Maybe it's Skandar Akbar is the one that Wrestling 2 has been looking for. Tony Torres. Kamala is just really a, a, obliterating him. It seems like the, uh, the aspect of getting to claim another scalp, so to speak, has really got the big man excited. Oh, he's making short work of this one. He's going right for it. He's already, look at him, pat that belly like the... He's rolled him over. And he beats him. He beats him, and he, look at him. He's going for that mask. The big man, Akbar, is certainly, is certainly monkey see, monkey do almost. He's got the man trained to his reward, and there he lifts the mask off of Tony Torres, and he shows that agility. And look at him. He puts the mask on that trophy stick, and he's very happy with it. He's very excited about it. Now it's three, three masks. We've seen him take here. This one's a little unique. There he and his man Friday, whoever that man is under his mask. They go to leave the ring, and Akbar is very happy, very proud of himself. Stagger Lee, I would be. Wrestling two, wrestling two. I, I had to think that there's something. I know how upset wrestling to look at him. Wrestling two is really reading Akbar the riot act about that mask. I know how upset he's been. All right, Wrestling 2 starts on Akbar. 
Mr. Wrestling 2, you better watch it. Here comes Kamala. <laughs> Here comes Kamala. Wrestling 2 fires away on Kamala. He pops Kamala on knee. He pops him another knee. Wrestling 2, Wrestling 2. Knock Kamala clear out of the ring. Wrestling 2 has just slammed whoever he is off the top rope. And Wrestling 2 is going to do some unmasking. He's going to do some unmasking of his own. Akbar trying to pull the man out of the ring. It looks like Wrestling 2 is struggling with that. Kamala's going off the top rope. Wrestling 2 doesn't seem. 385 pounds drops on Wrestling 2. Now Kamala is going for Wrestling 2's mask. Wrestling 2 is helpless. He's in earth. He's laying here. And Kamala is about to unmask Wrestling 2. What nobody in the history of wrestling's done. Here comes Olympia and Stagger Lee, two of our masked men. And they're in there to help Wrestling 2. And they're after Akbar and everybody. One thing about it, nobody likes Akbar. Kamala goes to pick up his, his manager, his second, his man Friday, and help him off. But Wrestling 2 is laying there. It looks like he could be badly injured. And Bill, while things try to settle down here, we'll pause for this message and then be back for the Mid-South Tag Team title match for the loser of the fall to leave the area. Right after this word. You know, Mike, we talked about how subdued the crowd was. They got picked up by the finish at Duggan versus Chavo. They are really into what's going on here with Wrestling 2 and Kamala. And Wrestling 2 goes in there and the word pop is the right word. He pops those knees. The place is going crazy. And now, Wrestling 2 is laid out by Kamala. This is hot stuff. Yeah, and they started off, you know, we figured it was just going to be a typical Kamala match. Kamala's in there against Tony Torres, who's who's wearing a mask. And you figure, all right, well, we've seen this, you know, chapter of the book before. Kamala's going to beat this guy, take his mask off. We saw it last week with Lester Park. And that's going to be all it's going to be. And then he's going to parade off with another mask on his spear. Well, that's not what happens because... Two decides, you know what, I'm tired of this crap, and and two is probably assuming, you know, it's Akbar and Kamala who have been stalking him with the whole mask thing. So he's he's fed up, and he's going to go get him a piece of that action. So after the match is over, two runs in, and he attacks Akbar, and, and before you know it, two is trying to get the mask off Friday, but then Kamala attacks two with the splash off the top rope. And then we get Olympia and Stagger Lee to make the save, uh, but the problem is, Two is now injured because he got hit with that splash by Kamala off the top rope. Well, we were supposed to have Stagger Lee and two in this big tag match coming up. So now what's going to happen? I mean, we're we're really, you know, we're, we're really trying to figure out, wait, what's up? So earlier in the show, I kind of slipped and I said we got basically the same participants in this, you know, loser leaves home, uh, loser leaves the territory tag match. Um I, I was kind of giving it away <laughs> at that time. Uh, I slipped because I, I didn't mean what I was saying, uh, meaning that it was Olympia and Staggerly, which we know is the dog who's going to be in this match. But now we're going to hear it in a second uh, in the next uh, coming up. Uh, Olympia is going to end up taking two's place because two is too injured in this match. He can't he can't compete with Staggerly for the tag title. So a lot went on there. As you said when you threw it to me, the crowd is into this thing. It hits the fan, and uh, like we said, uh, hot stuff going on at the end of the year in Mid-South 1982. It's funny, during the first match was supposed to be Junkyard Dog and Mr. Olympia versus Ted DiBiase and Hacksaw Duggan. Hacksaw Duggan allegedly detained, shows up in the gorilla suit, Matt Bourne debuts. Here, it's supposed to be DiBiase and Bourne 
versus Stagger Lee in Mr. Wrestling 2. And now Mr. Wrestling 2 can't wrestle, so he gets a replacement in Mr. Olympia. We'll hear all that in one second, but let's first hear Cowboy Bill Watts with a brief update on the condition of Mr. Wrestling 2, as well as Reese Bowden getting interrupted while trying to do the introductions for this big tag team match. Let's hear this. Uh, we've been waiting. The crowd is really restless. An unusual event, wrestling two, being badly injured and carried out. And, of course, DiBiase and Bourne have been in the ring almost since they got two's body out of there. We don't know how badly hurt two is. He's, he's, he's okay. He's not critical or anything, but he is badly uh, out of breath and maybe has a sternum cracked or something. DiBiase and Bourne have been demanding the match. The match is no disqualification. What DiBiase and Bourne are saying that if Daw, uh, excuse me, I'm just about as bad as everybody else. I stagger Lee and wrestling two cannot compete, then they have to forfeit. If they have to forfeit, somebody's got to leave town. Grizzly Smith has been up there. Let's go to the ring and reach her bowden. This is a title match for the Mid-South Tag Team Championship belts. It's one fall, no disqualification, and a special stipulation is the loser of the fall must leave Mid-South. This event is one fall, no disqualification, the match should go on. Wait, we got a wrestling two got hurt. Come on. We're going to have a match or not. They lose by forfeit. Somebody's got to lose. If he can't wrestle, then he's got to leave. We'll see. Grizzly Smith, the promoter, said the match will go on. It will go on. The match will go on. Well, get him out of here then. And in the red corner, the Mid-South Tag Team Champions at 268 pounds from Omaha, Nebraska, Ted DiBiase. And his partner at 240 pounds from Atlanta, Georgia, Matt Bourne. Well, there you hear a little bit of action happening on the show. Of course, Bill Watts giving an update on Mr. Wrestling 2's condition. He is not in a condition to wrestle. DiBiase and Bourne won a forfeit victory over Stagger Lee in Wrestling 2. Because of that, and because you and I both spoiled everything so far, we don't get that. <laughs> Instead, we get Stagger Lee and his old friend Mr. Olympia teaming up against the Mid-South Wrestling Tag Team Champions once again. No DQ, loser of the fall leaves town, and this is a good match. I have to say, the version of it on the WWE Network is severely clipped. I'm thinking it may be due to some issues they have on the master tape. Obviously, there are other versions of this match going around. During the match, Stagger Lee's t-shirt gets ripped by Matt Bourne, I believe. Definitely creates an interesting visual of Stagger Lee in the mask and the shirt half ripped off him. Any thoughts or notes about this match, Mike? Uh, and you said it all actually a second ago. You, we we kind of gave away what was going to happen here. Uh, it, it's interesting. I, I neglected the point you made, but I, I find it very interesting how they spun it a little bit differently. Where, like you said, Bourne took the place of Duggan the first time, uh, and now. We got Olympia taking the place of two because two was injured. So interesting how the original match, as we'll say, signed and announced, ends up being a little different with a different participant. But at the end of the day, it's funny because we literally have the same participants, if you realize that, again, Stagger Lee, JYD. Um, good match. I agree. There is a major cut in this match that as you're watching it so it's uh the, like you said the master tape is probably damaged in in some way shape or form so uh but 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 you know these two they go after it man and um this is hey, it's just good stuff again this is 1982 we're closing out the year hot it's interesting to see jyd i'm sorry stagger lee with the 
with the shirt ripped off. Because- now you're doing it. You and Bill Watts are both doing it. You're both calling him JYD. Yeah, well, it's I mean, come on, man. It's so uh, it's so obvious, you know. I mean, it's like it's it's so hard to do. I mean, we know. Oh, I'm sorry, Travis Heckle. He says it's Coco, but I, I think we I think we can agree it's Staggerly. But you get that major cut, and I don't know what happens during that major cut. But if we miss anything in this important match, it's important to me, at least for me. So good stuff, though. The, the, these guys get after it like they hate each other because they freaking do. I mean, the reason that dog is gone is because of these two hooligans. So uh, I thought I thought we had a good match year if you have the network i would advise you to go watch it because it's very enjoyable think of all the gimmicks coco Ware stole he was sweet brown sugar which of course was for skip young i think in florida he was stagger lee which of course was originally here allegedly the junkyard dog i guess you could say he stole michael jackson's gimmick by joining the pyt express (laughs) i'm not sure i'm not sure maybe morris day have you have you seen have you seen while you're talking about the PYTs? I was I was uh, doing a world class review recently uh, on BTT, and uh, my co-host and I, Lance, were talk Lance Peterson, uh, were talking about uh, the, the PYTs, and so they they've got this they they really look like Michael Jackson in world class in the in the, the when they came through. I, it's freaking ridiculous, and I pointed out because you bring up the PYTs and. And Bill Mercer says something like, uh, Norvell Austin certainly doesn't look like a pretty young thing. <laughs> it's so terrible the way he says it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, that's kind of right. the thing. Coco looks like he could be like a young star. Norvell looks like a fucking basehead. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not saying he <laughs> is, but I'm saying when you see them together, one guy looks young and, you know, you can see the girls liking him. The other guy looks a little bit like, creepy (laughs) yeah it's really weird and norvell's got the glove on like michael and and he he i mean look he's in there he's in there against skip young they they were wrestling skip young and iceman in this taping so it's skip young and iceman versus coco and norvell the pyts and and man norvell looks like the old guy who's going to the club at 60 years old, he's got the sunglasses and it's the eighties. So he's got the Jerry curl going and the, the, the glove on the one hand and freaking Bill Mercer's like, that certainly doesn't look like a pretty young thing. It, it's he's so dry with the way he said it. It's, it's, it's hilarious. But anyway, you, yeah, I hated the segue. Do you think Michael but- Hayes went up to them when they came in and said, I better not see you moonwalk. That's mine. Like, do you well, think because they have the Michael Jackson gimmick, he had to declare, you better not moonwalk in the ring. That's my gimmick. Possibly because it's Michael Hayes and I wouldn't put anything past him. But the other thing about that is, too, keep in mind, that's right around the time when the when the birds were, were making uh, going to the WWF. And I, we know it didn't last long, but that's right around they, because that's August of 84 when the PYTs come in. Yeah, so actually that timing wise, that's exactly when the birds go to the uh, WWF. Right. So, but Hayes was still there. He could have, I could see, <laughs> I could see him saying something like that. Yeah, but you better not do that moonwalking thing. That's our thing. That's not my gimmick, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, let's get back to this match because we've gotten so far off track here. Let's I'm sorry. <laughs> go to the closing moments of this big tag team match. Mid-South Wrestling Tag Team Championship. No DQ. Loser of the fall leaves town. The champions, DiBiase and Bourne versus Stagger Lee and Mr. Olympia. Kicked him. Tag. Stagger Lee. Wow. 
I can't tell if he tagged or not. I don't know who's the legal man. I can't tell who the legal man in the ring was. I guess it's still Mr. Olympia. Now, Keely never did call a tag. Mr. Olympia's got the sleeper. Tony Board, Matt Board going up to come off. Off the top rope. Stagger Lee slams him off the top rope. He stabs him off the top rope. He's going out after him. Hacksaw Dugan comes. Hacksaw Dugan came with that hat on. Ted DiBiase fired him back. Stagger Lee went to try to save him. Matt Board stopped him. Mr. Olympia, Mr. Olympia gets defeated. Mr. Olympia will have to leave Mid-South for 90 days. He will have to leave Mid-South for 90 days. The Mid-South champions are still Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne, a very dejected Stagger Lee and a badly stunned Mr. Olympia. And we'll be back, gorgeous Gino Hernandez versus Tim Horner after this word from Mid-South Wrestling. Well, there it is. Mr. Olympia pinned. He now has to leave Mid-South Wrestling for 90 days. That's pretty big, Mike. It's pretty It's pretty big. Um, I wanted to say something. Brian, wasn't this no DQ? Yes. Okay. I thought they announced it as no DQ, and I pointed that out because Duggan... You know, he, he helps them win and he's got the hat on and it's loaded, whatever, just assume a piece of lead or something. And and Olympia head gets rammed into Duggan's head and that's how the pin ends up happening. But uh, Alfred Neely, he's got his back turned when it happens, but it really wouldn't have. I point that out because it would not have mattered even if his back would not have been turned. So what? You know, even if Duggan interfered and he saw it, Olympia still would have gotten pinned. The uh, the interesting thing here is um once again. Duggan is involved this time, not as the gorilla uh, that unmasked himself, but Duggan is involved to help them win uh, with using his head because I think it was a spear that uh, that defeated uh, them the first time. So anyway, long story short, Duggan's involved again. This time, Olympia is going to go home for 90 days or has to leave for 90 days. So we will have to stay tuned to see how all that shakes out as we go into 1983. But I thought. You know, a good, I guess it's a downer in a way, but another hot thing that happens at the end of 1982 in Mid-South. And what's been a really, really fun year uh, is we do, we still have one more match in this episode, but still what's been a fun year. Well, the crowd is done because if you watch the end of this, you see them, even the old lady in the front row starting to put on their coats. So they're like, okay, I've seen enough, but we do have another match. And that is Gino Hernandez versus Tim Horner. Rick Ferreira as the referee. Paul Bosch once again joins us on commentary, and this match goes maybe a minute. They rush through this thing as fast as they can. The crowd is gone. The TV taping is over, and they rush through this match in like a minute. And I have no notes other than Gino wins with a Russian leg sweep. Any thoughts you have, Mike? The only thing I have is that this is another moment when we we're used to Watts literally giving some thoughts and talking about, you know, speculating and on what's going to happen now that two's gone, you know, you made the point also at the end of the last match when Olympia lost and now has to leave for 90 days that the crowd is leaving. Well, the people who did not leave 
at that moment, they're now exiting as Tim Horner is being introduced, which kind of sucks because they just—they're <laughs> like, we're not here to watch this crap. We're leaving. So what? It's Horner and Hernandez. Uh, we're getting out of here because I mean, the bleachers, aside from like the left side of it, from the as you're looking at the hard camera, I mean, the bleachers are basically empty and see-through. I mean, there's some people, but it's not a lot. The seats uh, on the left. The seats on the left where Hank has been sitting. Those are empty. Those are empty, right? You've only got the people in the front row there. They stayed till the very, very end. Uh, the, but second, third row on the left, they're all gone. The bleachers are almost empty. And that's how they pretty much finish off 1982. Uh, I just thought that I understand Bosch is going to call Geno's matches, but at the same time, I, I really wish Watts would have been in there. At least, I mean, they, they don't, like you said, they only went for another minute. So it wasn't like the, he had to talk for a long time, but it was still a little bit of a miss there. But it was what it was, you know. We're we're a little depressed now. We got to see what ends up happening with Olympia because that's a that's a big thing. He's somebody who's been a major player in 1982, so now he's got to leave for 90 days. That would, you know, and if you time that out, that means he's going to be gone through, you know, the end of March. What what the hell's going to happen? We're, we we got to we got to stay tuned and see where this goes. Well, with that, we wrap up another episode, and actually, we wrap up 1982. For Mid-South Wrestling, we have now done over a year of these shows, Mike. It really is incredible. I want to make a brief note here at the end of the show. Next week's episode, for Mid-South Wrestling, there is a 1982 year-in-review episode. It would be a little ridiculous for Mike and I to cover that episode because we covered every single thing on that episode throughout the year as it transpired. So we're going to have a special for you next week. It will be a 1982 year-in-review with a different host and a different co-host. We're going to keep this dynamic. Someone from New Orleans and someone who is a Mid-South Wrestling fan and expert from outside New Orleans. You're going to have to listen next week to hear who it will be. But we have a very special year in review for 1982 coming at you next week. Want to remind you as we wrap things up, you can follow me on Twitter at GreatBrianLast. You can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Twitter at SuperPodcasts. And you can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Arcadian Vanguard. You can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast at 605pod.com or available wherever it is that you find your favorite podcasts, The Mothership. Mike, how can the listeners stay in touch with you and booking the territory? Well, I want to want to say one thing before I tell folks where to follow me. What what you said, you were talking about uh, the the special host that we have coming up. Not special, but uh, I guess guest. I don't know what term to use, but uh, I think these two gentlemen are perfect for the wrap up. And I, that's all I want to say. I think these two gentlemen, I am fans of both of them, and I think they'll be perfect for this wrap-up. And that is that. But you can follow me on Twitter, at Mike504Saints. I tweet out clips of the shows um, that we that Brian and I discuss here. And then come check out Book in the Territory at tinyurl.com slash bttpod, or just search Book in the Territory wherever you get your podcast from. We talk classic wrestling. We are the unprofessional wrestling podcast. We drop shows on Thursday night. That is our NWA Saturday night recaps. And on Sunday nights are our Smoky Mountain Wrestling recaps. Myself, Hard Body Hopper, and Doc Turner have a great time. So come along for the ride as we talk about wrestling in an unprofessional manner. Brian, it's been a fun year. I'll say year. I mean, I know we probably can include 1980, uh, the end of 81 in that, but uh, it's been a fun year of doing these episodes as we close out 1982. And we really had a lot that happened in 82. Like you said, things kind of slowed down or slow and they were simmering at the end of 81. Who can forget? 
Paul Ellerine power and whatnot and all the great Lovely Paul lady. Ellerine. Lovely ladies. Hot dog, foot long. Can you dig it? I can. Uh, we we had a lot of fun in 1981 and early 82, but but 82 was was a fun year, man. So much went on with DiBiase and the dog, and uh, I'm going to enjoy this as we go forward in 1983 as well. The Mid South Wrestling Television Review Podcast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. For Mike Mills, I'm the Great Brian Last. Tally ho.